Hey, Gwen. Hey, are we uh, are we going to talk about video games? I think we're probably going to talk about video games. I think that's a thing that we're going to do. All right, it's a good time. It's a good time to talk about video games. It is. It is a good time to talk about video games. People are staying home. They have to. And what do you do when you're staying home? If you are people like me, you play a lot of video games. So now's the time. It is the time. All right. So there, this is something I've been thinking about. And it's hard to say this without being like a shill for the industry. No, I but... mean, if, if, we can, if we can be anything, I think a shill for the industry is fine. Well, there is a line there. Like, uh, so in the public, video games get a bad rap, right? Especially because people, when people think of video games, they think of shooters for one thing. And I could go into why I honestly think shooters don't deserve the kind of the vitriol they get but in general like people think of video games as this terrible thing to waste time or is this thing that's making us more violent Mm. every time video games are in the news it's in a very negative way and this is like a moment where we i don't want to say like the industry could be a hero but we could change hearts and minds on this like this is this is a moment where we can show people that video games are a good and positive thing in a real way. Like, I, and I don't mean this in like a fluffy, I work for the industry kind of way. Like, I think there is just something to, um, video games are an incredible way for people to interact. It gives people a way to interact and be social. Uh, and video games have, especially multiplayer games and so forth. Um, the video games in general tend to, how do I put this? So, Some people play a video game like a single player game and it's an escapism, like reading a book, Mm. right? Like you want to escape into a world. You want to get better at a skill. You want to practice something. There's a lot of really good reasons to play video games that are single player. And there's a lot of really good reasons to play video games that are multiplayer. And there's a lot of truth to um, video games give somebody a shared thing to do together that makes it easier to communicate, to, to hang out, to, to talk, right? Like the worst thing in the world is making small talk. Uh, like the hardest thing about interacting with other people is finding the things to say and keeping a conversation going by finding new topics and finding new things to say. And that's why um, it's been a lot of times when people want to either get to know new people or if they, they're hanging out with their friends, but they're kind of like more awkward, it's useful to have something to do together. Like if you're pitching a tent together, you you can focus on anytime there's a little conversation, you can focus on, you know, whether you're pitching the tent right or how to talk about the tent and so forth. Um, when you people interact by going to events together and things like that, but people can also interact by playing video games. Games and play are a really great way for people to interact. And I think there's uh, video games ha- do definitely appeal to introverted people. Sure. Um, and there is definitely escapism in games, and that's a beautiful thing too. But I think what's interesting right now is there's a lot of people who are stuck indoors who are used to being more social and used to interacting. And the only digital medium, the only other way they know to interact um, through the internet is like on Twitter and Facebook. And a lot of those other ways people interact, social media, it is depressing. And you do get stuck when there's only the one thing to talk about and the one thing is the coronavirus it's very easy to to be very depressed and for that to become an incredibly negative spiral um and so i i think in a way it might be a great time to promote multiplayer games to 
if your kids do this naturally, they'll they'll bring their friends into Fortnite, for instance, or um, to reach out to you know your parents or your loved ones or your friends who are kind of like used to being more social and play a game with them. Maybe something that they would they would understand a little bit more, like a digital board game. Settlers of Catan is in the Xbox Live, you know, because um, if nothing else, it gives you something to talk about that's not the you know the state of the world today. And it lets, I don't know. Basically, I think this is a moment where video games could really shine and we could show some people that video games are not a bad thing. For once, we could have video games in the news in a way that's good. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I've even, I've done exactly that with a colleague of mine. It was uh same thing. And we should play some game. He already plays video games, but like we known each other for like 14 years and i think we've played video games together like twice that's probably more of a me thing but it's still i still reached out and was like we should play video games what video games would you like to play and we both realized like hey we can get xbox game pass super cheap on pc why don't we play sea of thieves because you have loads of downtime where you chat but also crazy things happen and so we're Mm -hmm. doing that and that seems to be a good way to go that sounds fun yeah, I don't. I always play single player games. I'm the worst. The only times I play multiplayer games are usually like I used to um, competitively play League of Legends. Mm. And I would almost always play with a pickup group, or I would play like uh, World of Warcraft. But I never wanted to play with the people that I knew in real life. Oh yeah, God no. I I play l- like a bunch of ever since. Uh... In fact, I started playing Call of Duty three on the Xbox three sixty. But even then, I never had the microphone on i had it set to everyone was auto muted uh i didn't want to hear anyone or talk to anyone mostly because they were annoying like this is call of duty on the xbox 360 it wasn't like a bastion of great conversation (laughs) but like everyone was auto muted and you go from there but since like overwatch like three years ago i've really got into competitive games online but also these competitive games online you don't have to ever play with anyone ever that you know like you can do like you say you just do pickup groups over and over again like uh Mm. the new call of duty uh battle royale warzone just came out by the way anyone happens to listen to this that had anything to do with it very good job you've made a very good battle royale done some very good new interesting twists on the formula but i i've been playing a ton of that and i've not played i know nothing about it Actually, what are the new twists in the formula? Oh, it's so good. So uh, when you first get killed, you instead of just being dead, you get transported to the Gulag, which is this prison zone where you have a one-on-one fight with another person who's also been killed. And you you can you have to wait for to get a player, but sometimes there's like three matches in front of you, and there's just a big group of like 16 people that are all looking down in this pit where you can see these two people that get given a random weapon. They're both on different sides of a map with little bits of cover that's like probably 20 feet. Wait a minute. Hold on. So this is... Uh, I'm still wrapping my mind around this. So yes. there's a Battle Royale game. Mm-hmm. And every time you die in the Battle Royale game, once. you go play... A, the first time you die. The first time you well, die. You don't, you don't respawn, right? That's the point of Battle Royale. Yeah. In Battle Royales, you die, you die kind of thing. But yeah. like... And then usually you watch the people that live... If you Until want. there's only one. Yeah, but most okay. of the time playing them, you just quit out because you've died and go back into the loop of trying to find another game. And sometimes with these games, especially for new players, 
which was me for a long time, particularly before they started changing things up in Battle Royale games. You'd die and you'd know there'd be at least three to five minutes before you were back in another game and you can die real fast, which sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and it would put people off playing it. It put me off a lot. But in this one, you go into the gulag, you have this one-on-one -on -one fight. That's chance number one to get back in. If you kill the other person, then you get put back into the game, you drop in and you land with your team and you're like, all right, I'm back. And you have to gather weapons again and stuff. But huh. that's cool. If you die in the gulag, your team can still res you if they get to a buy station, which you have these little boxes where you can buy like kill streaks and armor and stuff. But it's $4,500, which you have to collect by either killing people, finding it in loot boxes, or whatever. Also, if you win in the gulag, and you land, and then you get killed again, you still get that option of you can be bought back for the $4,500 if your teammates can get the money, if they can get to the buy station, if they don't all get killed trying to go there okay. because... You know, so it's so if that's cool. If you're rest, all right. So if the gulag rests you and you die again, you don't get to gulag again. You don't get to gulag again. You only get one gulag, gulag. once again. Yeah, it's really mm. cool that like there's little bits like that. They haven't, they've got a ping system like Apex Legend because again, I don't use a microphone, mm -hmm. but I want to let people know that there's an enemy over there. So you can ping like if you see an enemy and get them in your crosshairs and click. At the moment, it's bound to like left alt. I need to change that. It's really annoyingly placed if you imagine like a WASD kind of situation but yeah. uh yeah you can ping your enemies it's not as sophisticated as Apex Legends where it's really good like if I click in the general area of an enemy like it will be like there's an enemy there or I can pick exactly what I want to say whereas Call of Duty if I don't click exactly on the enemy it will tell my teammates I want to go over there which I don't, like I want to, <laughs> so yeah. there's little, tiny little things, but it's still good that, that that ping system in Apex was a big change for Battle Royales because it meant you didn't have to talk to people. You could just talk to them in game systems, which is way better. And uh, yeah, yeah, I can great. imagine. It's, it's, there's a lot of reasons for that too. But setting that aside, because that goes into darker areas. It is interesting what you said about how they changed the user experience when you're failing. Mm. Because mm. basically they must have isolated at some point losing is no losing immediately is not fun or losing in general is not fun. And we need to make that the more fun part. Um, they must have identified that as a weakness. Also, I suppose another reason they could have done this is helping people play together with their friends. Like uh, if you queue with your friends and then like you die, but your friends are still playing, that probably sucks. And so this is probably a solution for that. Yeah, it's a really good solution to that. Like I watch people play on Twitch and it's exactly that. Now you have a chance. You have two chances to get your teammate back on the field, which is great. And yeah, it's the first time I've seen anything done like that with battle royales. A lot of the time, people just will slap a battle royale mode onto something. I mean, Call of Duty had one in their last game. They had Blackout, which was a pretty competent battle royale, but didn't really pick up because I think you had to buy Call of Duty Black Ops Four to get it. This is free to everyone, and. Mm -hmm. You can just download it. Oh, wait. So I could go play this right now without paying a dime? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so shit. if you've got Modern Warfare already, which I did, you get, like, some sort of vague, like, skins and shit. But, like, there actually is a pretty good mechanical reason to do it, but it's boring. But um, <laughs> you can play it completely for free right now. You just have to get Battle.net or PlayStation or Xbox, and you're good to go. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still on the other side where, like... <laughs> even uh, I played 
I tried to play a shooter once 12 years ago, I think. And I was like, everyone's way better at this than me. And I don't care enough. Yeah. And I just, I'll never get over that hump. Like if Overwatch didn't do it, I still just never, I played it three games of Overwatch. I'm like, okay, so that's what Overwatch is. I've done my research. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, with multiplayer games, I don't know. Like I have like zero stories of me playing with people where like i actually communicated in any way or like yeah did anything well pinging a map can be a form of communication in a way i I mean interacting with other human beings is important to people we are a species that is social and even if your interactions you don't have to interact necessarily by having a deep meaningful conversation about i don't know life and shit right like you can interact by pinging a map and playing this game and being a part of this game with other people without ever speaking to them yeah i mean there's a reason if you were playing against ai even if it was random um and you knew it was ai would you like call of duty just as much i mean i super enjoyed fortnite when they added a bunch of ais (laughs) oh yeah it was i don't know like that i guess the ai as good as ai is getting I guess it's still never got as good as actually fighting against another person. And I guess there is a level of satisfaction where if you actually take down someone that you are that you feel like you've outwitted in some way, like, because I've got to that level where I've been watching enough, like, streamers play these sorts of games that I'm like, oh, I know what I should do. They're probably going to go one way. I'm going to go round the other way, round the side. And they won't have thought of that, so I'm going to get them if they're not, like, slightly better than me. So, yeah, if when that stuff kind of works, it's really good. See? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's important. I think human interaction is important. Yeah. I, I, the only reason I'm bringing it up is because before the podcast, you said you never played multiplayer games. Then I asked what you did this week, and you're like, Call of Duty and Borderlands 3. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, and you play Overwatch. These are... These are multiplayer games. Now, Borderlands 3, I am just playing on my own. Like, I'm not... Yeah. I'm not... And it's not as good. You should play it with people. But, I don't know. Like, it's tough. If you want to play... it, Particularly with Borderlands. I remember playing Border. I did... So, I guess, I did play Borderlands 2 with some with two friends. Uh, and we had a great time playing Borderlands 2, which I think was what made Borderlands 2 such a beloved game. Because I'm playing borderlands 3 and, and it's aggressively fine so i'm like it's <laughs> it scratches an itch where i'm like i go in i shoot the things everything's colorful cool i can play it's that for a couple colorful. hours <laughs> they have an interesting art style the um okay you know i don't know why this is reminding me of something because i'm trying to figure out what it is on the spot that is important to me about these games and it's not necessarily that you talk to people because i remember I remember very early in World of Warcraft, like the first, back when it was just vanilla WoW, mm. um, and they opened up new servers, and I was really excited to be one of the first couple people on a new server, and I was in like one of the early starting areas waiting for, waiting in a, in a queue of other people for a fucking boss to spawn so I could kill them for this quest, <laughs> right? And it, it was this absurd thing, um, and I hated the other people, but, and at the time I was like, ugh. I have to sit here and wait while like 30 other people go kill this boss before I can kill this boss. We're forming a queue and everybody's mad and this is stupid. But at the same time, in that moment, I knew if this wasn't a multiplayer game, I wouldn't play this because this game would be lame. (laughs) Yeah. And I can't, and I can't tell you why. Like I, in spite of the fact that in that moment I was super frustrated by all these other players spawning, like camp spawning this boss, 
I never would have played World of Warcraft if it wasn't an MMO. Even though I played, <laughs> like, I played it single player most of the time until I'd get to the raids and the, I mean, I did, I would join pickup groups and stuff, but I, I considered myself a person who mostly just played that game solo, mm. even though it was an MMO. Never played with anybody I knew. Um, and I, up until, eventually I got really into raiding and PvP and stuff, but, like, for a long time I didn't. And I still wouldn't have played it if, if it wasn't an MMO. And I can't really tell you why. Hmm. There's just, I mean, there's just something about it. Yeah, I mean the the fact that it's real in a sense, I guess, is kind of important. Like, because I actually that reminds me of there was, a, and I forget the name of it now, but there was this Xbox 360 game that was like the first MMO shootery game that was kind of here it is. Look, it's all of us, and we're playing in a constant world that was based on a TV series, like a sci-fi channel TV series. Oh, and I can't remember the name of it. Wait, so hold on. What was this, Xbox? It was on a few consoles. I think it was on PC, PS3, and Xbox 360. I had it on Xbox 360. And yeah, it was based on this tie-in television show that was on the sci-fi channel. I think only lasted like two seasons or something. But it was like a big splash when it came out because they were like, the events in the game are going to affect the TV show as well. And oh, weird. Yeah, but the one thing it had was this is the first time I played a game where like you had a vehicle, you had a gun, and there would be these world events. And suddenly like this thing would go up into the air like really high and you knew that this giant boss was spawning in this one place and you'd turn your car around, start going towards it. And then suddenly you'd come across like 20 other people that were all coming from different directions and you all realized you were all going towards the thing. And it was like, this is so cool. And like, that's just like Destiny now or like a bunch of games. But like at the time, that was the first time I'd ever done that. And it was so cool. Like, I still remember that now. Like, I think I only done it like a couple of times because the game got super boring as it went along. Like it was suddenly like, oh, I'm just, it's just this over and over and over and over again. But like that first time doing that and being like, there's like 20 of us. And then you'd all get there, get out your car and be like, shoot the thing. It'd be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was also like, cause I've spoken to my dad before where I was like, you should try. I think I was trying to get him to play Bioshock like ages ago. Cause he always mm -hmm. used to like playing Doom 2 and he'd always like, watch over my shoulder while I was playing something and be like, hmm, hmm, interesting. But I was like, <laughs> uh, I think when Bioshock came out in the 360, I was like, you should play this. I think you'd like it. You shoot things and it's got a really good story. And he was just like, I don't have the hand-eye coordination for this, like, <laughs> at all. It's yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> so I was like, eh. <laughs> fair enough. You do have to keep that going. I do know that. Even games like... Apex Legends, I didn't play for two weeks. I went back into it and I was like, oh, I suck at this again. Great. I've yeah. got to spend the next few hours getting to any sort of level that I was at before. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm less frustrated if it's a... Um, so every game will have that, right? Where you put the game down and you come back later and you don't remember where you were in the story or how your things mm. work. Like you, you probably had a... If you're playing a deep RPG, you're like, oh, what was I thinking collecting all this specific stuff? What was I going for? Um, but for some reason, it bothers me more in games of skill. Yeah, because you you have lost the skill. Like, it's not even so much that you're, like, 
oh, I don't remember what the story was. It's just like, oh, great, I'm bad at this again, despite all of the work I just put in <laughs> getting better. Yeah. But I guess, like, you, it's more frustrating to me if I lose hand-eye coordination than if I lose, like, if I lose a skill that's, like, twitchy, than if I lose a skill that's, like, um, oh, what's a good idea? Like, you can kind of get into a flow state where you get really good at certain puzzle games or different things. Like, if I picked up Opus Magnum now, I might have to... It would take a while to get back into thinking in that way. You know what I mean? Mm. But it doesn't bother me that I've lost that skill. I would still pick up Opus Magnum. Whereas if I was like, I, I was really good at League of Legends once. I knew what everything was. And if I tried to go back now, I'd just be frustrated because I'd remember being good at it. And I would be frustrated that I'm not. That's <laughs> in sucks. a much bigger way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going in and being like, oh, I suck at this now. And I'm dying over and over again. And everyone's calling me the worst words they can think of in the side chat of league of legends yeah can you turn that off yet like that was always the worst thing about league of legends i had a friend who he went he was someone we lived with and he would get super into stuff like the last thing i remember him being super he became a programmer but like the last thing he got like super into video game playing wise was like any dark souls games but before that it was league of legends and he stopped purely because he was just like I can't, I can't play with these people anymore. And I was like, why? And he was like, you make one mistake. And, and like, everyone's so mad at you. And everything's your fault. Even when it isn't your fault. Oh, <laughs> it's like, I can't part hardest... with it anymore. <laughs> oh, man. That's the hardest thing about those games. So the stickiest multiplayer games are usually team versus team ones. Mm. Oh, uh, I'm going to stand by that statement. But I, I can think of kind of arguments. But, like, for the most part, people like team... Think about sports. People like team sports, yeah. team v team. It's just something about it. Um, here's a going with this. But there's with League of Legends specifically, uh, there is the capacity for one person to just fuck it up for the team. <laughs> if you start, f like if you, and, and you can get end up in a spiral where you're continuously fucking it up for your team mm. because you died early and you fed somebody and the, so oh. somebody else in their team got stronger and you got weaker. And now they know, now you're a target. So everybody in the other team wants to level up. So they'll continuously kill you and you die. So you, you have to like put yourself out there to try to, to level up again so that you're competitive so that you can be there for your team. Mm. Otherwise you're useless. Um, but every time you put yourself out there, there's a decent chance somebody will kill you. And now you're feeding the other team. You know, uh, it's just the game is set up so that one person can mess it up for the team. It's not really easily set up so that one person, I mean, there is the concept of a carry. But I don't, I don't know. That that game does have a flaw in that way. Yeah, because, like, playing shooters, you can. So, like, in Overwatch, if you have two healers and they're both real bad, you're definitely going to be having a bad time and it's going to be annoying. But if you guys were good enough you could kind of carry through that. Like, if the uh, if if the damage dealers and the tanks managed to get it together and they were all good, you could still win. And like Call of Duty, I'm playing this, it's like, you can completely be carried through that game by someone that's good. So, but the, it's very yeah, but rare that you, just you can fuck up so bad that nobody else can win. Like, that's... Mm -hmm. Someone can be good enough to carry you, but if I'm super bad, like... They're still good. Like it doesn't. Me being bad doesn't really affect them being super good, unless 
I'm dead and I can't res them and they're mad about it. Like that's <laughs> that's kind of it. Yeah, that's probably a healthier way to play together. That makes sense. That is yeah. that it's just the bit the one big flaw of League of Legends. It is enjoyable. Um, and it's part though. of it's part of why their community is so toxic is because in all seriousness, one person can fuck it up so bad for the, the entire team. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the only, like, as much as I love first person shooters, I can't watch them competitively. I don't think they are interesting to watch at all. Like there's too much going on for me. And I completely know what's going on. Like the Overwatch League, I was like, this is designed for me. This is great. And I watched it and was like, Nah, I, I I can't like I can't get into it. I can't get a sense of what's happening. I can't follow it, even though they've gone to so much effort to do it. Whereas League of Legends is great to watch. Like I find that more fun to watch than to play. Like I started playing it for a little bit with a friend, and because we both were thinking we could maybe get into esports like work, we're like we should learn this, so we did. But. <laughs> I it's not as fun as it is to watch. League of Legends is a ton of fun to watch because you have more of a sense of each character and what they're doing and like but then that might be why i like american football more than soccer right like american football is very much i always say it's more like a tactics game than it is like a constant mm. movement of stuff that i'm just like what's even happening who what is everyone even doing well football american football is very much um short bursts of activity with lots of downtime in between mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's short, intense periods and then, you know, commercial break and then, you know, these people are talking and and so forth. Whereas soccer is just kind of, uh, it's always kind of going, yeah, how do I put it? Yes, there's breaks when, there are breaks, but there's not as many and they're not as long. It's and not it's usually because somebody's hurt. So most of the time, like I've seen a ton of soccer just because I'm from England, but it's it always felt like we're just kicking it back and forward and someone might get lucky and get through to the goal. I could never see that anyone was doing anything to like, people would be like, but what about the defenders? And what about that? And I'd be like, I can't see them doing anything. Like, what are they doing? I don't like, they're all just running up and down. But then in American football, it's like, oh, this is the play and you will watch them execute the play against the defensives play and we will see how it will work. And I was like, Mm, and like I could get that and I guess the stop start nature that helped because it would be like play stop and I'd be like hmm interesting <laughs> think about it there. yeah that's that's kind of the it's just a very very different cadence that's yeah I mean obviously they're completely different sports but the completely different cadence really changes it the fact that you have you have a play and then you stop and this is good for a lot of things it fits really well into the American like now we're gonna run a commercial break yeah it's also it's more fun to watch as a like with a group of people because mm. you can sit with a group of people, you'll watch the play, and then you're waiting for the next play, and you kind of have a little conversation, you eat a little snack, and you watch the next play. And so it's uh, it's more of a fun thing to watch socially, whereas if you're watching soccer with people, you're either... I, my experience is I'm trying to talk to people, and they're like, shh, because yeah. they're watching the game. There's a lot of that. Or, yeah, or you know, or you're talking and you miss a, you miss the the <laughs> fucking one of the three goals of the entire oh goddamn God, game. I know you're like, oh, this is a thing. Like people, because everyone's into football here, and I'd be mm. like, and I would always be like when I was younger. I remember saying to my dad, being like, the game was nil nil, nothing happened. Like this is stupid. And he'd be like, lots happened. Like it was yeah. it was a draw. Well, it's the it's like a it's an hour of anticipation. <laughs> And then, 
Yeah, you know, and I can get that. It is like I like soccer too. Like I can, uh, I get it. It's just a very different cadence. Mm. Uh, and I think soccer is more fun to watch alone, whereas football watching that alone I think is less fun, personally. I used football's to, way more fun with people. It is. I used to. Yeah, we're just going to end up talking about sport at this stage. I well, was I like, mean, it, I used to watch the cutdown games. They were great. You'd have a whole football game in forty minutes. It was ideal. Like, well, I mean, if you're going to talk about esports, you got to talk. You know, what were we talking about earlier about how people are inspired by different things? And the true. truth is, a lot of a lot of esports and a lot of the way people think about esports is inspired by sports it's been a while i don't know many people in that field but there's definitely a lot of talk how to put it there the there is overlap there there is i personally i think the fighting game community is the best uh way of presenting an esport it's much more community driven it's much the commentators are so much better like they're not all wearing suits and pretending they're on espn which I'm, I just mm-hmm. can't get behind because it's it's not ESPN. And I'm like, why you have an opportunity to do something a bit more interesting here and like a bit more honest, which FGC commentators. I'm a weird, in terms of the fighting game community, I'm in a very weird position where I don't know or play the games at all. But because of working with XSplit, I've like ran production at an Evo. And like, I know people that are really high up in the FGC, like kind of production <laughs> world, but I don't know anything about it, but I've like sat there and watched like the best commentators in the world do their thing. And they're mm-hmm. so good. Like they're so much better than like a lot of the people that just do Call of Duty and stuff. So much more flavor, so much more like actual emotion in it rather than just shouting. But yeah, anyway, I've got a lot of opinions no, on that, but <laughs> I mean, it is curious. One of the things I always wanted out of Twitch was the ability to take any sport, not just esports, mm. but any sport, have the raw footage and allow people to be commentators. Mm. Because I think I would like certain sports more if there was a different commentator. I, I will tell you right now, I'm really sick of certain football commentators that like I, I didn't watch football like the past two years, but... <laughs> About three years ago, I would get really sick of some of those commentators because it's like, oh, look what he did there is he picked up the ball and then he ran the ball. He's got good physicality. You got like the physicality on that guy. I'm like, all right, Oof. fuck off. Physicality. Like, if we could just get, <laughs> I feel like the different people want different commentators. Completely. And uh, I think that could, Twitch could have, there's a lot of reasons why this can't happen. You know, the various sports teams won't allow Twitch, won't give the raw feed to anybody and so forth. They won't um, yet, but we will see how big streaming gets there's a lot of money in it at the moment and a lot of brands are getting more and more interested the nba is on twitch the wwe is on twitch like they're getting in (laughs) which is because so many people are at home right now twitch is exploding yeah they have uh, they've hit records steam is too to be fair yeah Um, i saw like it was like some mad number of the amount of people that were playing call of duty at once like highest number of concurrent users ever it's up there, man. Yeah, Twitch. And there's a lot of streamers that... I actually tweeted about this the other day, but there's a lot of streamers that I think are doing a lot of good work in terms of going out there. And I remember, so like, we do the, the Bake Off panel, right? Yeah. I can remember probably the funnest one that I did was... It was a couple of them in, but I just consciously thought to myself, walking back from the bathroom, I'm going to make sure everyone in this room has fun. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure everyone has fun. Like the people on the thing with me and the audience, they're, they're going to have a good time. 
and and it was I had loads of fun because that was my thinking rather than I'm gonna I have to be funny or I have to <laughs> be like great. It was like whatever meant we were having fun. That's what's gonna happen. So we did that. And there's a lot of streamers at the moment that are deliberately trying to do like, hey, come and hang out here. I'm not necessarily going to talk to you about the coronavirus all the time or be worried. I'm going to be here for the next few hours and I'm going to make sure that we all have fun. And it's like, yeah, in whatever way they provide that, because streamers all have different, these different personality types and different types of people. But like, mm-hmm. a, I've just watched a bunch of the people that I have normally watched. And I was like, ah, oh, you are stepping up in what you're doing and trying to be more entertaining or more conversational or whatever. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I felt guilty for the last two weeks for not streaming at all. Like, I feel like I should get back into streaming and stuff. There's so many people working from home. I'm just like, ah. I also am like tired from the news and want a break. And this, I, I, I didn't mean to bring it down. I, I do think it is beautiful what the that there are so many people streaming right now and that there's so many people watching and that we're all coming together. And I think it is a really, this is a moment for our industry to stand out and be something that's positive. All of interactive like this interactive entertainment all of it this is a moment to prove that this is a positive thing um mm. i completely agree it's uh it is a big it's a tilting point i think for a lot of entertainment i think a lot of interesting things can come out of it i think people are going to see a lot of the advantages of like you say video games streaming streamers esports the, all the stuff that can that still can go be- on Yes, that you can be connected with each other, you know, digitally, that it is possible, that it's good to have real human interactions online, that that can be a positive thing. It doesn't have to be negative. Mm. And I think that's true even in games where you compete, like Call of Duty, personally. Like, I think uh, games of competition and skill are also places where you can have good human fun interactions and so forth. Yeah. And like... uh... Like Doctor Disrespect, I have got into Doctor Disrespect, so, <laughs> like, and it's a thing where I don't even like for ages. I didn't even want to publicly admit it because I was like, this is like I shouldn't talk about how I like Doctor Disrespect because he, you know, he did that filming in the bathroom and people don't like <laughs> that. Like he's really brash and mean. But then yeah, I watch it, man, and it's fucking funny. Like I like to me, like I watch it and I'm just like I'm laughing. Like the, and he's. One, it's a character, and two, he is putting on like putting on a show more than anyone else is on the Twitch, mm-hmm. and like you couldn't he's watch. A char- he's a character actor. He's a he's an yeah. amazing character actor. Really, yeah, good. it's and he's funny. I don't know, but yeah, there's humor is important. Humor is a good, uh, yeah. Well, humor can be used to make some important critiques in the world. So I think Doctor Disrespect is not really. I'm not sure he has the most lofty goals. <laughs> no, but like. It's entertaining, and he's providing six or seven hours of entertainment. Like, God, that's a lot of being real funny. Yeah, he it's, just got a lot of money, though. He, the, him and Twitch just signed, like, an exclusivity deal for the next two years, and they didn't say how much money it was, but they were, like, all the word around was, like, it's a lot of money. He just got a chunk <laughs> of change to, like, stay on that platform and not take a chunk of change from Mixer or YouTube or Facebook who have all got pretty deep pockets, so it's like... Yeah. Man, anyway. this is a moment where I bet those uh, streaming is taking off in a big way and probably will for a couple months or so. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if those uh, if there was a lot of deals going out to streamers right now. So I said, there's also a lot of my... A lot of people that I've worked with that are my friends 
are all people that work like comedy shows, live stage shows for esports, like work in hosting events, like doing stages the same as I did. And those are all not happening at the moment for the next foreseeable yeah. future. And what a lot of them are doing is they're figuring out how to take all their stuff online. Like, and going, how could I, I could actually do a comedy show on the internet, right? And would people come and watch it? And how do I do that? And you're seeing an influx of content from people as well, which is like, this is cool. Like, they're finding new ways that they go, oh, wait, I can do, not to replace the other one, but also just to be like, oh, I could always just do this. That's cool. Yeah. And then you're I mean, seeing I think the, the economy in general is shifting to be more digital. I mean, you're seeing, um, we can go back and forth on that if this is a good thing. But yeah, you're seeing everything from people are working from home a lot, for instance. Mm. Uh, that's huge right now. Every, every fucking article I see yeah. in my feed is about how to work from home more effectively and shit. And as somebody who's already worked from home, I'm like, all right, pass. But, um, yeah, I know. I've been doing it for like seven years. Like I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I already know. But I mean, it, it's a huge shift for a lot of people. It is. I think we take, you and I especially, uh, take for granted several things. And it's part of why I'm on this kick of we can show people that games are a force of good. Because the truth is most people don't have these positive experiences with video games, mm. with working from home, with being online in general. Like for most people, the idea of being online is this is, you should get out and go outside and play. You know, you should stop rotting your brain, go read a book that's much, you know, healthier for you. That's much more intellectual and so forth. Whereas we have a moment right now where you can shift perceptions. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, yes. I would like to start wrapping things up, but I would like to make a few recommendations. Maybe watch Star Trek Picard. I don't know. I'm still don't know where I stand with that. Wow, that took a that took a left turn right there. <laughs> like, if you like Star Trek Next Generation, you're gonna have some hard times, but you come to terms with it. It'll be alright, and <laughs> you might start enjoying it eventually. That's my quick thoughts on uh, Star Trek Picard. <laughs> uh, you know, I liked. I've seen all of Star Trek. Yeah. And I'm still. I'm watching Picard. Uh, I don't know if I'd recommend it or not either. I'm pretty middle of the road on that one are you too. To, are you up to date on it? I don't think so. No, I think okay. I'm two episodes behind. Because oh, you're two episodes behind. Last two episodes have got a bit better because that's where okay. I got to, and I was like, I don't know if I even want to keep watching this, man. <laughs> like, this isn't. This isn't yeah. so hot, but it gets a little better. And I've started thinking to myself, all right, this is movie Star Trek Picard. This isn't Next Generation Star Trek Picard. This is the movies, the one where he was stood on the, the ship with a Tommy going, going, ah, and like ripping the head off of Borg Queen. I so I was like, it's dude, that guy. <laughs> I just don't like Picard in this latest, like in this show. I just don't like him. He's like, his motivations make no sense. Nope. He's just, he's just irritating. Like, I just don't like the main character. He, It gets a little better. These two episodes go along, but I just, I'm watching him. I'm like, how are you Jean-Luc Picard that I remember watching? Like, you're just this vaguely nice old man that I guess I'm going to feel bad for. Not even like, nice. He's just like... <laughs> vaguely he's not nice. nice. <laughs> like, he's often just kind of like, I'm here. Remember me? <laughs> yes, I remember you. You were great. Cool. I'm going to go do this thing now. Now an elf's oh. here. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> or just like he keeps doing things that are rude. His motivations make no sense. I don't know. The writing is weird. I'm not into it. I'm. We'll see. 
I'm not. Mm, I could we'll talk see. a lot about Star Trek Picard, Gwen, but that's a different podcast that me and you could do mm. one day if someone will finally talk to me about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> we could. Okay, next podcast, we just I'll catch up and then we'll talk about Star Trek because mm, I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to sit down and think it through, but I just don't like Picard. It's Did you like ever the first like time Picard? Just, yeah. Okay. Because some people just but don't like, like the like they're like nah, next generation, not for me. He's fine. <laughs> He's fine. The, I just don't like the version of him in this show. There's, so, just, there's so much, Gwen. He's, like, or just like at one point he went to go sit in that, like there was an area that was set, that exact like moment. ordered off. I was thinking that. And he, could, and he just sat there and he's like, I'm going to sit here because I want to start some shit. Yeah. For like no And then reason. he's all surprised when shit starts going down. <laughs> That's just him all the time. He's like, I get to do whatever I want. Oh, people are mad that I just did whatever I wanted. <laughs> Feel bad for me. It's like, no. No, I Fuck don't. Fuck you. It said God. no Romulans. What do you think's going to happen? <laughs> also, just... one system blew up in the Romulan Star Empire. What happened to the rest of the planets? <laughs> they all gone too? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Anyway. I didn't, I didn't even follow that. The, all of the, the motivations here are just all over the map. I don't, I don't understand the characters. No. What? Yeah. But anyway, anyway, anyway. So, uh, uh, Gwen, uh, as I understand it, you are going to be doing quite a big thing very soon uh, in the digital realm of uh, GDC. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was wondering what the hell you were talking about. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I recorded my talk. It's going up tomorrow. So, Monday, Monday at noon. If you're listening to this podcast, I think this podcast drops before that. Should do. Uh, yeah, Monday at noon, my GDC talk goes up. Damn, that's so it. they're all pre-recorded stuff and they're just streaming them out. Yeah, that's GDC solution because they, you know, the conference was canceled. And so they asked speakers, like, if you can, can you record your talk and send it to us? And I did. And so they're like, a, I want to say maybe 10% of speakers finished up their talks and did that. It's, uh, it's but that's enough. But it's still, yeah. yeah. Is it behind a paywall or can we just watch it on Twitch? Nope, absolutely. GDC is streaming all the talks live free on Twitch. Nice. That's, yeah, that's good. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that and it was like a bunch of huge ass video games and right at the start, Kine was like the one listed. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, there we go. Oh, they got a, they got a good spread. They're doing the best they can right now, which is all anybody can ask. Completely I think agree. it's cool that they're making this free. I think that's the good thing to do. I completely agree. And uh, yeah, I can actually watch it now and not have to wait a year to see <laughs> what you already did. <laughs> Which is nice. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, Gwen, thank you for joining me on another Dialogue Box. Yeah, this has been fun. This has been Gwen Frey and Chris Slight, and you've been in the Dialogue Box.